We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. So evidently, this is what Jesus is referring to, that when light had come, they closed their eyes to the light because they were so used to darkness. So that darkness caused them to become accustomed to the darkness, and then when great light came, they closed their eyes to it. And we must be careful that when new understanding and new illumination from the Word of God comes, that we don't close our eyes to that illumination, as these people did. Because how many of you know that God is still giving more light on the Word today? And the closer we get to the end of time, then our light shall grow lighter, and I think we'll have greater understanding of the Word. Now, let me remind you, we're talking about the Word of God as being the seed and the water, and also it brings light with it. And we're talking about the fact that some things under the Old Covenant, and even some in the New Testament, are referred to when it's referred to in the Scripture that God did this certain thing. Now, another Scripture I want to mention is the fact that when the children of Israel were in the desert, and the Bible says that God sent snakes among them and bit them and they died. But now when you go back and study that in the context of it, God told them what was going to happen to them if they didn't obey His Word. Now when they didn't obey His Word, their disobedience brought the serpents and brought the destruction and brought the death and the suffering. But it's translated that God did it. When God didn't do it at all, He just simply told them that's what was going to happen if they got out from under the covenant. And they murmured and complained. In fact, in one place, He said, It'll happen to you just like you say in my ear. And they said, We're all going to die in the wilderness. Now, you know, that's the Mark eleven twenty three of the Old Testament. They got exactly what they said. And it didn't come because God was mad at them or any such thing. It was because they had disobeyed God and His law was already in motion. In what you sow, you reap. Now let's go to a passage of Scripture in Isaiah, the 41st chapter, and verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them, and I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open waters in the high places. And fountains in the midst of the valley, I will make the wilderness a pool and the dry land springs of water. In other words, God is saying here that he'll rain on your desert if you need water. Now, I wanted to read this and use it maybe a little bit out of context here for the fact that God will furnish water for his seed. Now, while we're in Isaiah, let's go to the 44th chapter. And read another passage of Scripture, verse 3. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon dry ground. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. Now, of course, here, the word seed here is actually used in the sense of people. And, of course, in the way that we're talking about this this morning is when you have the Word of God, a promise in the Bible... It is a seed. When you find the promise of healing, 
when you find the promise of prosperity or financial blessing from the Word of God, as you give, it shall be given, Jesus said. That is a seed. And to plant that seed, you must have soil to plant it in, and you must also have water for it. And we need to understand that if we have water and no seed, well, we're still in trouble. But God furnishes seed for the sower, bread for your food, and he multiplies the seed sown. And here he says he'll furnish water for the seed. Now he's talking about here in particular water for seed or your offspring. But let's use it in the sense of the seed of the Word of God. Now in Mark the fourth chapter, we notice that Jesus talked about the parable of the sower. And when he explained that parable, he said that when anyone heareth the Word... Then cometh Satan immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, in that parable, Jesus establishes the fact that the heart is the soil of the ground. Now, remember, any farmer knows you have to have seed, you have to have soil, you have to have water, and you have to have light if you're going to have any production. You can have seed, and if you don't plant it, it won't work. If you don't have soil to plant it in, you don't have anywhere to put your seed. So Jesus exposes the truth of the fact of the kingdom of God and how it works in Mark, the fourth chapter, and in some of the other Gospels uh, record the same thing. The 13th chapter of Matthew records it. But it is fully established that the heart is the soil where you plant the seed of God's word. Now, he said, when anyone heareth the word, Satan cometh immediately. Mark says that. But now if you go back and read Matthew's account of it, and this is why that we should study all of the other accounts of it in the Bible, because one of them will pick up something the other's missed. And you find that Matthew makes this account of it. In fact, why don't you turn there to Matthew, the 13th chapter. And let's just pick up in verse 19, where Jesus says, well, let's start verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone, notice, when anyone, That didn't leave anyone out, did it? (laughs) That got us all. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, catches away that which was sown in his heart, and this is he which receives seed by the wayside. In other words, the one that receives seed by the wayside, it didn't produce anything. So then, if you read Mark's account of it, you have the seed, all right, but you don't have any water with it. Now, see, water helps you understand it. In other words, you interpret the Bible with the Bible. In other words, you interpret Scripture with Scripture. So the water of the Word will cleanse our thinking. And if you see what Mark said and get confused over it, well, no need of me taking the Word of God because Satan can steal it just any time he wants to. But when you come over here, see, this puts water to it. This will water your desert. He says, when anyone heareth the Word of the kingdom, notice he calls it the Word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, Now, that's the reason that Satan steals it from you, is because we don't have an understanding of it. We don't have enough understanding to operate it, in other words, to cause it to produce. And the water of the Word will give us understanding of it. You see, you can have a scripture, all right, but if you don't have a working knowledge of it, then it won't produce anything for you. Now, Jesus said in John eight thirty one and 32, he said, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and then you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. But now notice, it was the knowledge of truth that set them free. It wasn't just truth. You see, the word is truth, all right. 
If you have a Bible, you have the truth. But you see, if you don't have knowledge of that, then it won't set you free. See, truth alone will not set you free. You have to have knowledge of it. And that's why it's so important to understand what Jesus was saying when he said, now you're clean through the word. And Paul said, by the washing of the water of the word. We get some ideas in our head sometimes. I call them Sunday school ideas. And I don't know that we were really taught it. We just somehow picked it up on the way. Well, you know, God sometimes, he'll do you evil or he'll do something bad to you, make you sick, give you cancer just to cause you to slow down or something. But when we again study the word of God, it'll purge that from us. Because God is not the perpetrator of evil. And if we know what the Word says, but don't understand it from what Jesus said, here Satan will steal it from you. If you don't know how to operate it and how to use it. I mean, if you just say, well, the Bible says, given it shall be given unto me. And Mark eleven twenty three says, whosoever shall say. So I'm just going to start saying that I have abundance and no lack. But you see, the water that goes with that is that you give and it shall be given unto you. You plant a seed. And you reap a harvest. And the water that goes with Mark eleven twenty three that give you understanding of it is that whosoever shall say, believe, doubt not in his heart, but believe what he's saying will come to pass. Then he shall have, eventually he shall have whatsoever he saith. And I think one of the most classic examples of having faith and doubting, you see, in one place Jesus said, if you have faith and doubt not. Well, now, how in the world could you have faith and also doubt? Evidently you can, or Jesus wouldn't have said not to have it. But he said, if you have faith and doubt not, then he said, you shall say unto this mountain, be removed, and it shall remove. Now, in Mark, the first chapter, you'll find that a leper came to Jesus and said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, here's a man that had great faith that Jesus could make him clean. But now see, he had the seed all right. He had truth all right that Jesus could make him clean, but he didn't have any water to go with it. He didn't have any understanding. He didn't know if Jesus would or not. See, it's not enough to know that Jesus can or God can. We've got to know that he will and he'll do it for us. So Jesus moved with compassion, reached forth his hands and touched him. The Bible says he touched him. And when he did, no power flowed. Nothing happened to the man. He's just as crippled as he ever was. He's still a leper. And then Jesus said, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him, you see. Now, Mark's the only one that records this, you see. He says, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him. Now, you see, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and healing power. But when he laid hands on him, the man didn't get healed. You know why? Because he had faith, but he doubted. He believed God could, but he didn't know whether he would or not. So he had great faith that God could and that Jesus could, but he did not know, didn't have a working knowledge of the will of God concerning him. Therefore, he didn't receive. But as soon as he had the word, as soon as it rained on his desert, it produced for him. Can you say amen? Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Before I leave the broadcast, I want to remind you our DVD offer this week is 7884. It's called The Intent of the Word. 90-minute DVD for $20 plus $4 postage and handling. Now, when we talk about the intent of the word, a classic example is Luke 11, where Jesus, in a parable, he said, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go to him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is coming a journey to me, and I have nothing to set before him. 
And he from within will answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. Now notice the question is, which of you would have a friend like this? That if you came at midnight and he'd say, No, I'm already in bed, I'm not going to give you anything. Well, he wouldn't need a friend like that. I mean, if you had friends like that, you wouldn't need any enemies. So notice the intent. He said, I say unto you that though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, God doesn't answer prayer because you're a friend, yet because of his importunity, boldness, barefaceness, boldness of faith, in other words, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and shall be opened to you. Everyone that asketh receiveth, he that seeketh findeth him, that knocketh it shall be opened unto him. If a son shall ask bread of any that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit or good gifts to them that ask him? Notice the intent. The intent is to reveal that the Father would do it, and he would do it freely, not that he would withhold it from you and just have you to keep on praying, keep on praying, and maybe you could talk him into it. You'll be excited about this DVD, I promise you. That's offer number 7884, The Intent of the Word, 90-minute DVD for $20 plus $4 postage and handling. May God bless you. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Kemp reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescapps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.